unethical and faulty, and stands in the way of eradicating poverty. In one form or another, U.S. economists espouse the well-known trickle-down economics, or what may be called trickleism, whereby prosperity is supposed to seep drop by drop from the top down to the bottom. Such thinking nurtures policies that worsen disparities in income and wealth. Since trickleism now dominates global thought, the gap between the rich and the poor is rocketing all over the world. Here are some statistics about disparities in global income and wealth. 20% of the population in advanced economies consumes more than 80% of the world's output. Less than a thousand millionaires have as much wealth as the poorest two and a half billion people on the planet. In 1999, the world's richest 200 people had a net worth of $1 trillion, while 582 million people earned an income of $146 billion. According to the Asian Development Bank, 93% of Asia's destitute live in India, 357 million, China, 203 million, and other South Asian nations, 77 million. Thus, India, notwithstanding its superb economic performance since 2000, continues to be the ringleader in terms of hunger and deprivation. Yet, a Bloomberg News report found that India's Millionaires Club swelled to 83,000 in 2005. Although this is still a small group, it grew by 19%, the fastest rate in the world. Similarly, China, with a population close to India's, had 320,000 millionaires. Not surprisingly, the United States topped the list with 2.7 million, followed by 448,000 in the United Kingdom. This book argues that trickle-down economics seeds poverty not only in America, but also around the world. What used to be primarily a U.S. virus now infects the planet. Thus, global poverty spews from the pandemic of trickleism. Furthermore, the virus also spawns yawning imbalances in terms of financial bubbles and growing budget and trade deficits, which in turn are a recipe for worldwide economic chaos. Very briefly, my argument is this. In developed economies, trickleism keeps wages as low as possible while maximizing CEO incomes. This causes consumer demand to fall short of product supply, so that the demand-supply balance is maintained by the creation of more consumer and government debt. In developing economies, trickleism also means low, in fact, dirt-poor, wages, along with high CEO salaries, so that demand again trails supply. There, the demand-supply balance is maintained by increased government debt and the creation of a trade surplus with the United States and Europe. Thus, in both cases, it is trickleism that maximizes CEO incomes, and minimizes workers' salaries. Clearly, there is only one cause of penury around the world. In order to eliminate global poverty, the U.S. economic thinking that espouses trickleism must change. 
Hence, the primary focus of this book is on the American economy and intellectuals. Once trickleism expires, the economic chaos, accelerating by the day, will vanish and give way to speedy and equitable prosperity. Poverty will then fade all over the world. America in the New Millennium The year 2000 was one of ultimate irony around the world, especially for the United States. It launched a new millennium, along with myriad new problems. The year began with a public euphoria, with share markets at their all-time highs and expected to vault higher. For some, money seemed to grow on trees. A vast wave of optimism swept the nation as millions of people basked in the glow of capital gains. By mid-year, however, it was clear that the millennium was...